0: you're listening to the jazz session with jason crane since 2007 the original jazz interview podcast
1: Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This is episode 554 for April 21st, 2021. On today's show, vocalist Roxana Ahmed. I am in uh, State College, PA, hanging out around my kids, going to be headed to uh, upstate New York, and then I think maybe also to the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont over the coming uh, weeks or month or so, kind of letting things warm up just a little bit in Vermont before I head up there to see some friends. So in the meanwhile, I am in a state college and uh, making shows, doing all the usual stuff. And remember that this show exists and my travels exist because listeners like you become members. You can become one today for five or ten dollars a month at the jazz session dot com slash join. Roxana Ahmed's new album is called Ontology. Sana Ahmed, welcome to the Jazz Session.
2: Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here and be part of this amazing project.
1: I am very happy to have you here. Uh, The new album, which actually, as we're recording this interview, comes out today, but by the time people are hearing it, is already available. The album is called Ontology, and it's brilliant. It is a really, really wonderful record, and it's... uh, I don't know, almost coincidental that th- an album of music that is largely about finding your place in a shifting world was at least partly recorded during a pandemic when even the act of recording the album was shifting. You know, it, it wasn't always possible to all be in a studio together because of the conditions. So maybe let's start right there and just talk a little bit about how the album came together, how you got the idea for it and, and the recording of it.
2: Well, it took me a few years. Usually doesn't happen to me. My, my previous works, uh, I have released seven work, works before. Uh, they, were, they didn't take me that much, <laughs> but this one um, well, it was a part of a completely new life. Uh, I moved in two thousand thirteen to buenos from Buenos Aires to Miami, and it was a great change uh, in the good sense because life here is is good, but at the same time, the adaptation was really hard. It took me a while to find you know a, a, a place in town um, I could find easily that it was a good thing. Uh, the amazing musicians that are now in this recording. Um, and that, that was the, the good part and maybe the only good part for many years because then I was struggling to, you know, be able to get gigs. There are not really clubs in Miami, none today. There were a few, but they closed due to the pandemic, So um, for me coming from Buenos Aires and you know uh, a strong city with a lot of cultural life, with a lot of um, options for performers and a great audience, uh, it was very, I I found Miami very desolated and um, I was very lucky to find these amazing musicians to start you know thinking of new music and performing eventually here and there uh but that was a slow process i applied for um a scholarship and i got it uh and i i was i I did my masters in vocal jazz so i could you know get uh teaching gigs which is currently what i do because still we don't perform much in miami so that was a good thing but it took a lot of time so Coming and going from Argentina too, because of family things, Uh, the the whole situation was not really inviting or inspiring to create, write, even when the new music that was around me was so powerful, um, I couldn't find the time. So it took me a while to put everything in order and sit and say, okay, now I can afford a recording. Now I can afford uh, financially, I mean the recording. Now I can s- start considering the music. And then is when the whole circle started to, to, to work. I could um, work with Mark Small and Martin Bejerano in the composition. Uh, I could write new songs that were there in my head, you know, waiting for, for a chance and uh, when I said all right I'm ready so that was in 2019 and then I said okay in a few months I will record the second session because I could put one session together with five songs which was a lot because it was a lot of music music that was not very easy and we didn't have time to rehearse I was flying Edward Perez from New York and uh, so he arrived just the night before so we could kind of check the things before getting to the studio um and then the second session took almost a year and then when i was about to to face the third session the pandemic so the third session had to happen in august 2020 and we had to to wait almost six seven months for that, which was good, because I could write new music, so that you know, sometimes blessings in disguise. Um, but it was a kind of a f- freaking situation going to the to the studio driving again. I had not been driving for months, so I had to face north. North face north, and um, uh, I was uh, I was feeling really weird when I get to the studio, and I had to take off my mask um also mark the, the saxophone player he which was just us with the masks we, we were really freaking out <laughs> for a minute and then the music came together and i returned home and i said well it it was good to to make this uh this effort um but the mixing was still pending so we had i had to face the other process and that took some time too because of pandemic, because you couldn't get, I, I was, everything was delayed. You know, meeting with the engineer, finding the, the, the time, the conversations were not happening at the same time. It was audio and comments coming and going. So um, I could finish right in December and just saying goodbye to the possibility of releasing an album in 2020. And I said, okay, it will be 2021. So it was um, it was a deep process uh, for me as a as a musician as a producer um, and as an immigrant because i I had to put together uh, my roots um, and try to blend that with this amazing jazz music that I was around me. Um, and and I respect this music very much, you know so i I was uh um, I was in a way concerned about doing things right because i I wanted to to find that that spot where uh, the the two uh worlds would live together so I don't know if that happened, but we are pretty excited about it <laughs>
1: in disguise nature of the delay can you talk about when you went to write additional music for the record was that in some way kind of informed by what had already happened in the album did that spur new ideas for the second half
2: no I don't I don't know I don't think so no I don't think so I think um we were, so I, I don't remember why I wanted, I mean, I remember that I wanted to do an extra session back in in January. January was the last session. And then I said, but I need a few more things here and there. I needed to balance the Spanish songs or I needed to balance uh, the, the jazz dose of whatever. <laughs> so I kept thinking and then there was all new music. The three songs were recorded in that session which was um, Milonga Por La Ausencia, and Ontology, actually, because it came also with kind of with the, the name of the album. And, and then um, Amor, which is a song that Martin wanted me to write lyrics for, and it was for another project. And then I found that Amor had this kind of rock vibe that is so dear to my Argentine roots, we are rock people. And, uh, and i said well this song has to come here it is part of my ontology it's part of, part of my language so um i think in a way you know from a distance it makes sense these three songs recorded uh so late and in this situation because one speaks about the app ab- being absent being away from things um, the other one is about the voice, which is, that is my ontology, that that is the lyrics of ontology, that that's what they, they speak about. Um, and then Amor, that is what I think really changes everything. When you find that drive, you can do whatever. And I think that in a way, you know, now that you make me think about it, these songs make sense to have been recorded in that Condition, those conditions. While the stars dance with a
0: firefly, close my eyes.
1: you mentioned the title ontology coming along later as well and and that means well it means a few different things but the the main way we use it i guess is the an exploration of the nature of being will you talk about why this album is titled that and and how the title fits kind of with the program of the album which is pretty clear i think once you listen to it but i'd be curious to hear your own your own mm-hmm. thoughts on
2: it yes sure um I happen to use that word a lot uh, I'm not an expert in philosophy uh, or in ontology in the um, academic sense as the people that study philosophy use the word but I always use the word when I refer to my uh, to the essence of things so I can say that thing ontologically wouldn't be something I would do it is not ontologically me I always do that thing. I like to speak. I am Argentina. So um I was speaking about the album, saying, well, I was talking to my husband, I was talking to myself and I was yeah, you know, trying to describe this this journey uh from my uh childhood, no you know, listening to Argentine music. And then classical music that comes with your training. And then how you found how you find things that you love, like jazz in my case, or some rock music from Argentina. And then I started, you know, seeing that everything was interleaved and creating this essence that is not Latin jazz, that is not American jazz, that is not South American jazz either that has a little bit of many things and I say well maybe this album is the best representation of who I am as a musician uh, even using a, or borrowing music from other composers as Wayne Shorters um, I, I, I think when we sing when we play those composers you know it's because you wanna get some of that inspiration some of that magic some of that uh, fantastic um, language they have so um, that is one thing that has to do with the repertoire with the ensemble with the compositions with the the whole production but in particular there is something that I describe as my ontology and it has to do with my voice um, you know maybe you know you've noticed that people might get older but usually they have the same voice when they are 20 and when they are 80 it happens many times there is something so particular in each person in their voices that I started paying attention to mine and seeing how over the years along the, the years um, my voice was always my voice with all this blending inside so i I wrote these lyrics for ontology that describe this um, this magical instrument that we have um, and it says something like, "My heart has a nest there um, so my voice is telling me something about myself sometimes uh, before I know, right? It is, it is happening there before I can give it ideas or thoughts. A
0: star is crossing The skies and a child is born
1: A quick break from the interview to remind you about becoming a member patrons at the $5 level get an extra bonus episode each week called track of the week where an artist talks about a track from their new album. At the ten dollar level, you get that plus you get a bonus episode every month, which is kind of a grab bag. It could be an interview, it could be bonus content from past interviews, all of that, plus early access to the shows and more. You can become a member today at the jazz slash join. That's the jazz com slash join. That idea of trying to figure out not only who we are but but where we fit. I mean it's just such a it's such a lifelong question. I, I'm not sure it's even a question with an answer. I, I feel like I mean, for example, in my in my own life I know that I have been asking that question and at various times the answer has been different. The answer about you know, who am I right now? What is what is core to uh to my being at this moment where do i where do i belong right now it's not always it's not constant i don't think there's some i'm not going to get to some place where i feel like oh yeah th- like this is it this now i've figured it out and i feel like this the music on this album it has a real searching quality to it which i think is exactly what should be happening. If we're dealing with matters like this with with fundamental questions about who we are as human beings, or who one particular human human being is, I feel like the music really reflects that idea of, of searching and of finding just layer after layer after layer, which is there in the music, it's there in the lyrics. uh, It just is there in the album as a whole, it just feels very much like an exploration, as opposed to an answer to the question.
2: Uh, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you are using uh, many of the words I usually use. (laughs) And I completely agree because um, I think that anybody that is aware of his existence, it doesn't matter what you do, but you have to be aware of your present, of who you are, what you want to do with this gift that you have, with this time. We have to be all the time adapting in a way to fit and at the same time creating your own rules you know this this swing between pushing letting go pushing letting go and hoping always for the best to be pushing and letting go the right things and not the other not wrong ones um, so it has been always my challenge as I I wouldn't say as a person uh, but as an artist as a musician it has always been a great challenge for me to fit um, because I don't seem to be completely uh, in one genre or uh, in one language or uh, speaking only in Spanish or in English or uh, following exactly the path of someone else I can't help it I mean it is how it happened to me just trying to find my own um, surprises you know following these pieces of bread till I as you say till I've found a home and maybe I stay there for a while and then I say, okay, this is it. Now I am this person, and I stay here. And that might last five seconds. And then you move forward to find another path, another you know pieces of bread, and and to find another home. Um, and this is what it is. And the, and 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 I think that if you can collect the right. Um, pictures the right pieces of, of, of your story uh, in your journey each time your home will be better will be richer but it still will be a challenge um, it is a very lonely it's a very lonely journey for anybody that is trying to be aware and being to be you know creative with the life you, you live it is lonely you might lose people in the way um, you might uh, lose yourself many times you might not find uh, answers for too long um, but I, I, I think that in my personal case I can't help it I am already thinking of in this case of a new album of new music um, new new things to do to make it better You know because that is what we want just to find something outside ourselves that can say something about ourselves I think that is what I what I feel with the music I say how how um, loyal is this album to my heart to my thoughts to my voice that is why it's hard I mean for when, when you produce things because you have to face all these questions and sometimes don't find answers and sometimes you know surrender yourself to improvisation and i think that is what you do when you kind of grown up or grown up you say okay i can i can take the risk of improvise now and whatever happens it will be fine
1: Let's talk uh first of all i'm going to come back to the music because i i can already feel myself just desiring to have a conversation <laughs> about the nature of being and make like a five-hour show and then <laughs> and then and then there'll be an issue so uh I, that will have to wait for you know when we have tea someday but for now i'm going to come back to the album even though i really want to go down this rabbit hole with you um and but i'm going to i'm going to stick in this realm of of richness and and layering because speaking purely musically this album is a very richly arranged album and actually i'm even though i know the way jazz records are made these days where you know people have very little time for the most part and you know it's not like making a rock album or whatever but even though i know that Um, I was still a little bit surprised to hear that that was true for this album because it does sound so rich in terms of its arrangements. I mean, it sounds, it's, it's not, doesn't sound like overly rehearsed or anything, but it sounds, it sounds like everyone knows where they're supposed to be and they're creating this much larger sound than the number of players that are on the record. So can we talk a little bit about the arrangements? Can you tell me about the process of, of taking this music uh, and actually realizing it in the studio?
2: yes absolutely um i'm listening carefully what to to what you are saying and because uh, i haven't been able to talk with many people about it because it is just out so <laughs> i'm happy to sure. hear your thoughts <laughs> thank you and and they they sound uh promising um well the, as you as you know we all we all just musicians we all teach hours and hours and hours and then we study and then when we can we rehearse and we play so but it is a very busy lifestyle so i think the only good thing that happened in that um, matter about arrangements and creating the sound blah 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 uh, is that i might have chosen the right people which is something that you also (laughs) learn with time you know because sometimes you might you know fall in love with the music of some person, but then you can't make it happen. So um, I was, um, I don't know, inspired. I was lucky, I whatever. Um, maybe I was desperate. <laughs> I think I was desperate. So I was very, um, um, I was really paying attention to who I was going to invite to join me because I needed that to work. At that point a few years ago I thought it was gonna be the last my last album my last option that was that was it I was you know I, I didn't fit in Miami I didn't know what to do so um, that is the beginning and I, I confirmed that every day when I talk to the guys and I say yeah these guys are the guys and then it happened that for some reasons for example let's say the first session I decided to use Martin Bejerano's trio, so it was Martin and Ludwig Alfonso and Edward Perez for many of the songs we recorded. So even when they, it was new material and we ca- had like an hour to rehearse, they knew each other, and I knew that it was gonna be easier for all of us, you know, to start uh, that machine because we had one day to record five songs. Many of them were, you know, complicated, a lot to read. Some things were arranged, I mean, specifically written by Martin, but mostly it was Martin wrote some music and we all knew what we had to do. I am thinking of La Chacarera, Chacarera para la mano izquierda, Chacarera is a, is a folk, up-tempo folk rhythm in Argentina. Um, and I wrote it for Martin Bejerano's left hand that I think has some kind of Latin roots there. So that song, it is hard. El Regreso, The Return, it is kind of hard. Um, but they knew each other. Uh, those were both written, the music by Martin. So the guys knew that. So that was a good, uh, probably a good decision from the producer from me as a producer and then i guess we we were inspired it was very weird because i have been in a studio many times and i'm trying to do things creative things many times and it many of them are horrible you know but <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't work but this yeah. these the three sessions they were we were all connected and inspired and that doesn't happen often so i don't know we were maybe all of us were happy we 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 are not friends like we see each other every day you know i have uh, not that kind of friendship but maybe friends in this there was this fellowship this friendship in this in this project that make some things happen without a, a, a clear arrangement then there is another there are two other songs uh, blue and green and peaceful those two songs were arranged by Kendall Moore a young musician that oh my god I hope he's taken a break I think now um, but he's such a composer and he has this you know this clear sound for arranging and and again I I used his arrangements for these two songs. Um, And that made it easier. Even when we didn't rehearse. We had played Blue and Green many times live, but with different ensembles in different situations in gigs with people speaking and drinking. You know, it was not like the best past for that song. But, um, But we got to the studio with a new ensemble, but... The the arrangement was there, and Tim Jago, the guitar player, was uh, leading it, and it just was flowing. Um, Then there are other things, like uh, the Ginastera song, Alberto Ginastera, a classical Argentine composer. uh, He wrote this suite for piano. And we have been, you know, we had this fantasy with Martin at some point um, of... Making it vocal, this song's vocal. And we tried that once in a concert with two pianos, two pianists, two pianos, and me singing. It was amazing, improvising it was everything was crazy. So we invited for the recording uh, Rodolfo Suniga for the drums for this you know uh, really um, agitated uh, danza del viejo Bollero, and again, we didn't have time to rehearse, a few, I don't know, maybe less than an hour, whatever. And everybody had to be really focused, you know, and, and connected to each other. We were in a huge studio, so we couldn't see each other clearly. We were far away, same place, but a studio like for an orchestra, you know, so we were far away. So for these things, the rhythmic things, it was uh, I don't know it happened because it had to happen it's because we all knew what we expected from the piece I think that is the thing that is what happened um, I have been part of other projects where things are carefully arranged and everything is written but this was not completely the case there it was the people and some good ideas at the start and and then I get we got inspired. I I, I wrote a few things for Milonga por la ausencia, that is a song of mine, um, but then I let them in Martin's hands and Mark's hands and Carlos and Ludwig's hands and said, okay, I expect kind of this blah 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 blah, and they say, we get it, and they rah, and we had one maybe two takes. That was recording in the pandemic, so we really had not much time. We had to leave the studio, it was, everything was very stressful, and it worked. So um, I guess it is because it was the right uh, team, probably.
0: Danny, oh, Let's
1: take a moment to thank the folks who make the Jazz Session possible, starting with the members who support it and also the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music, Dave Rabel for the logo, and Chuck Ingersoll for the voice of the intro. You can hire him at hearchucknow.com. Follow the Jazz Session on Twitter at jazzsesh, J-A-Z-Z-S-E-S-H, and on Instagram at thejazzsession. Session. If you'd like to keep up to date on my podcast, my poetry, and more, subscribe to my monthly newsletter. It's actually twice a month. It's actually every two weeks. So look, subscribe to the newsletter, and at one of those levels of periodicity, it will arrive in your email inbox. You can go to thejazzsession.com and click on the newsletter link. Super simple.
0: Now back to the show. <laughs> you was a echaba... con...
1: I'll just say on a, a personal note that uh, I was really happy to hear the hinastera pieces. He was probably the first classical composer I ever listened to. And the reason is because uh, I grew up listening to 1970s progressive rock, and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer did a version of Hinesteras Toccata on their most famous album. And uh, it's... That a version that sounds very unlike his piece, but that he really loved. Uh, he, they sent it to him, and he said, "Oh, this is great," even though it, you know, in many ways, it doesn't really resemble the sound of my piece, but certainly the the spirit and and obviously the underlying music. And so I was like, "Oh, I wonder who this guy is," and uh, you know, started listening to more of his music, kind of in this weird, you know out of left field way so I was familiar with the pieces that are on uh, this record and and just I think they're they really come off incredibly well so I was I was very happy to hear them
2: oh nice very nice it was also a challenge because I I had to ask permission to write lyrics uh, for la danza de la Mosa de Donosa and those lyrics are describing pretty much what I feel about uh, Argentina you know like, a, uh, like a, a young woman that has been kind of abused and abandoned and forgotten um, so it was kind of at the last minute at the last minute that I got the permission from Wayne Shorter and from the state of uh, Ginastera's um, work so I, I was already ready to to record those that song without um without lyrics and I could, I finally could uh, sing with words.
1: Yeah, you know, you uh, you actually just mentioned something I was going to ask you about, which is that you also got permission from Wayne Shorter to write lyrics to Virgo, um, which are which is also f- really fabulous. All I'm just saying over and over again that everything on this album is great, but that's because it's a really really good album. So that that's all I can say. I really liked it. Um, but I'm I am. Cur- You're quite welcome. I'm curious about that process. I mean, like, do you just send something off to a management company and then they email you back and say yes or no? Or is there any kind of actual communication with Wayne about that? Or how does does that work?
2: Well, it it, it can change uh, depending on the composer or the author. I have been in uh, in this kind of process a few times already because I was uh, sometimes writing Spanish versions uh, for like uh, other um, uh, songwriters Um, this was the first time I was adding lyrics to an instrumental piece Uh, I was working with Pedro Aznar in my first album Pedro Aznar was with Pat Metheny for many years was our as one of our Argentine heroes and a personal hero because he was the first one to do this kind of blending things back in his youth Uh, before going back to Argentina to you know develop all this uh, Argentine music style that he has been doing but when he was very young uh, Pat Metheny invited him to do this um, to be part of the of the Pat Metheny group for many years so with Pedro in my first album uh, we produced that album together Um, we he had a version he had an adaptation of Johnny Mitchell's Amelia So in that case, uh, we we are working a little bit together, but it was his his idea. Um, So we send it to Joni, and we you send it to the management, and the management no, you send it to the publisher, which is the same thing you always do. The publishing has to contact the artist through the management, and in the case in in Joni's case, she came back to us and said. Instead of the wings of, I don't know what, can you use another concept like blah, blah, blah. And we were freaking out. Like, what? (laughs) Johnny is talking to us. And we said, well, if we use that word, we could use the rhyme, but the concept would mean blah, 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 blah. Because what you do is you have the lyrics in in English, right? And then you you write your uh, version in this case in Spanish and then you do the retroversion which is you translate your Spanish into English again so the the uh, the original author can see how far the first English is from the last English
1: and in the case of the Spanish when you translate uh it's funny, we're talking about one of my all-time favorite songs, which is Amelia by Joni Mitchell. But when you translated Amelia into Spanish, are you trying to do a direct translation or a trans, like a conceptual or kind of the meaning of the song, but not necessarily the exact no, same No, I mean, words?
2: In, in that case, um, Pedro was uh, very close. And we were considering each thing, trying to respect exactly what she, but not losing, you know, the, the the richness of the Spanish, but trying to find the way, and Pedro is an expert in that, um, to find the, the way to, to describe in Spanish whatever was written in English. I remember that it was one thing that was always Pedro saying, well, except for that thing, uh, I, I remember something, I don't remember the words in Spanish or in English now, but she was saying uh, that she was flying ah i don't remember the example, now but i I will try to i will try to remember before so there was only one concept that we were using uh uh, an image that was describing a very open land and then but johnny was saying that the lands were kind of um in, in squares while she's flying right so that was the only thing that pedro keeps saying except for that image we could respect i could respect everything she said in the case of, of this Wayne Shorter piece, um, it was the same. I asked my publisher um, to contact the, the management or publishing that handles uh, Wayne Shorter's uh, pieces. And I had written a very uh, kind of an emotional words for that song that I love, I love Wayne Shorter, I love Wayne Shorter. I know it is not news I'm okay, sounds so stupid, but I think he's uh every time I hear to his music, I find something new. you know there is something that doesn't happen with other great great composers that American music has there's something special with him, so that song was in in my mind and in my voice for a long time, and I'm wondering why it was called Virgo, I imagine that has to do with his um the date of his birthday so I started imagining this kind of um mythological you say that word mythological like mythical. yes I don't know um yes thing you know with him um uh being born you know like a like a hero whatever and I wrote the lyrics and I sung that a few times and then I said maybe if if they agree with this I can't record this and then I liked it so much and we had been working with Mark small in this uh, voices with the saxophone and myself and it was so beautiful I said I will record it whatever with lyrics or without it th- without them um, in this case I'd never heard any words from uh, from Wayne um, but uh, we got the the authorization, which is something that has to come from him usually. Uh, so I, I don't know if he liked the words if he found them maybe too childish, too romantic. Um, but i'm I'm happy that they they let us do it. They let us record it with lyrics.
1: Me too, because I got to listen to it
0: so. <laughs> Warm is light. The night is waiting. His voice to. Rain.
1: So we're getting uh, we're getting close to the uh, the end of our our time together on the show. But you mentioned earlier, right toward the beginning, that you were already looking ahead to what might come next uh, musically speaking, in terms of an album. Can you can you say whatever you're comfortable saying about that? Yes,
2: yes, please. I need to move forward because I already want to fix things that couldn't make it couldn't happen this time. I mean, uh, for example, I like to work again (laughs) and keep working with with other songs that we have with mark and with martin there is more material there and I, i want to start working on that and kendall kendall moore this young man i was mentioning before he's such an amazing musician uh and i want to you know pull those threads We were uh, sometime working together in some compositions he was writing. We were in a workshop together with him and with Mark. Something very, very, you know, um, relaxed kind of meetings we had. And he was writing such beautiful pieces. And I think that would be a very interesting part of a new process. Um, I'd love to do a duo album with Martin. I'd love to do, to learn enough, do a jazz album there are many jazz tunes that are in my voice and I hope I am uh, you know ready to to perform them uh, from the jazz repertoire Um, I'd love to do something with a, a big band with a big ensemble somehow so I will have to find time and money somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but I have all these dreams and I hope, I, you know, a, a few minutes ago I was saying, this is going to be my last album. I might not be able to do anything more. I quit. And now I'm already dreaming of at least three more. That should be... I was just
1: going to say, you've, you've just described your next three or four albums right there. Yeah, so. <laughs>
2: yeah but it, it is now I found the people, you know. It can happen. Yeah, I found everything. So it is just a matter of... Uh, Organizing and say okay, first this, then that, and I hope I I have life is uh, is good to me, and I have that possibility.
1: My guest has been Roxana Ahmed. Her new album is called Ontology. It's on Sony Music Latin. It is a must hear. Uh, Roxana, it's been such a joy to talk to you. Likewise. And as each one of these next three or four albums comes out, I hope you'll come back on the show <laughs> and talk to me about them. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Thank you very much, Jason. It has been a pleasure to talk to you.
1: thanks to this week's guest roxana ahmed if you value what you just heard become a member for five or ten dollars a month at the jazz join then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the jazz session Thank you for listening, listening, everybody. everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.